bitch, I'm back. I'm popular the man. Hi, my name is Naledi and I like to talk about vaginas. Welcome to the second episode of Euteronomy, the Gospel According to Saint Euteri. Today we'll be talking about something that was inside my uterus, a form of contraception called an IUS or hormonal IUD, brand name Morena. I did an Instagram live about this, but quite a few people missed it and asked me to put it up. But apparently, I'm not good with technology, so I'm just going to make it a podcast episode. So first of all, a disclaimer that none of this constitutes medical advice. This is just me rambling about my own personal experience with this form of contraception, my reasons for choosing it, and later unchoosing it, and perhaps my next steps. If you have any questions or any more questions about this, please don't hesitate to DM me on Twitter or Instagram at UteronomyPod or email me UteronomyPod at gmail.com. And then please, 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 please follow the podcast Instagram page and tell all your friends and foes to follow us too. Let's get started. So, unfortunately for all of us, I like theory, so I'll be doing a small bit of theory, but very, very small, about contraception and the Mirena. Um, At some point, we'll have a full-on episode on contraceptive methods. This isn't that episode, so the theory will be very small. The theory will come in in that big episode. Stay tuned for that. So, if you like... We can classify contraceptive methods into three types, namely natural methods, barrier methods, and hormonal methods. Natural methods don't use contraceptive devices or any sorts of medication. Barrier methods block the access of sperm to the uterus and fallopian tubes. Examples of these are condoms, both male and female, the diaphragm, the cervical cap, and spermicides. Lastly, hormonal methods are used by people with uteri, and they include the pill, or oral contraceptives, injections, implants, and intrauterine devices, or intrauterine systems, as well as vaginal rings. The aim of this method is to stop the ovaries from releasing an egg each month. There are also permanent forms of contraception, such as tubal ligation, which is the tying of the fallopian tubes, or vasectomy, if you have that equipment. Which birth control method is right for you depends largely on your needs, so talk to your healthcare provider about the options available to you. Like in most countries, contraception wasn't really a thing in South Africa until the establishment of the National Family Planning Program in 1974. This came after the 1974 World Population Conference, which tried to find ways of curbing population growth worldwide. And South Africa being South Africa in 1974, there was obviously a racial aspect to this, with generalized white concerns about the growth of the African population. 
While the government denied that it implemented the program on a racial basis, it said, you know, oh, services are free for everyone who wants to use them. But the reality was that racial residential segregation meant that black women got an inferior quality of family planning services. With the majority of us only having the option of the injectable contraceptive called Depot Provera. But that's not our focus today. Our focus today is the Livorno. I've practiced this word so many times, but it's a progesteron. I, it's a type of progesteron. Um, IUS called or marketed in South Africa as the Marina. The word is Livornor. Strel, but it's weird. Anyway, um, the Mirena is a hormonal intrauterine system which provides contraceptive protection for up to, wait for it, five years. It's a small T-shaped plastic frame, so it's about three centimeters wide and long, and it contains the hormone that I struggle to pronounce, which is a type of progestogen. And that is released in small amounts every day. The Mirena is 99% effective at preventing pregnancy and it treats heavy periods. I'd like to say that again. It is 99% effective at preventing pregnancy. Just, you know, I'd just like you to take note of that. Uh, the Mirena isn't a very well used form of contraception in South Africa, and I guess that's due to lack of knowledge and promotion, but also because people generally don't want foreign bodies inserted into their you know wares, their uteruses. That's the you know where. The Mirena was first recommended to me at my first gynae appointment when I was 18. For a long time, I had really, really bad period pains like really heavy period and just bad PMS in general. So the option of a progestogen contraceptive was the most appealing to deal with this. But my mom wasn't keen. So we abandoned that idea and I started on a contraceptive pool called Clara. So Clara is produced by the same company that produces the Mirena, and I think I was on it for a good year and a half. Um, and that was to treat my heavy bleeding and period pains. At this point in my life, pregnancy prevention wasn't an objective for me. So the 92 to 99 percent effectiveness in pre preventing pregnancy was pretty much irrelevant to me. I stopped using Clara, and I think the reason was because while it was initially very effective. It later elongated my period. So despite a much lighter period and much lighter period pains, the period lasted for a longer period of time, which meant the period pains lasted for a longer period of time, which sort of defeats the purpose. So I left it. My gynae at the time, Dr. Carol Thomas, put me on Nordet. Nordet is great in that it's state issued, so I think I could get three months worth for 50 rand at the clinic. It's great for affordability, but it didn't work for me because it made my period heavy, heavy, and that's not what I wanted. So I tried a third pill. This was a low dose pill called Mirel. 
yo, my period lasted three weeks on morale and three weeks of heavy bleeding. It's not fun. It's not cute. It's draining. It's expensive. Pads were still um, text and even without the text, it's still expensive, but it's fine. That's another story. So I stopped. I think I was put on a fourth contraceptive pill, but I can't remember the name and I have no interest in remembering the name of it because at that point I was traumatized. I was scarred. I was enough. So I spoke to my mom and it it wasn't more, it wasn't a conversation. It was more of a, a fight. And I told her, I'm getting the Mirena whether or not you want me to get it because this is too damn much. But she was, she was about that. She was on board. So, enter Mirena. So, let's talk about the Mirena. Like I said before, it's a hormonal device used for long-term birth control and to treat heavy periods. It's reversible, so you can remove it at any time. It prevents pregnancy by thickening the mucus in the cervix, stopping sperm from fertilizing an egg, and thinning the lining of the uterus. As a result, it suppresses menstrual bleeding for most. Insertion is non-surgical. It takes place in your doctor's office, so you can go home right after. But please don't drive yourself home because that's not a good idea. Common side effects right after insertion include pain, some bleeding, dizziness, and or nausea. All the normal stuff, you know? So when I talk about insertion, what do I mean? Well, the marina sits in your uterus, right? And it needs to get there somehow. And you can't swallow it. So it needs to go in the other way. Yeah. So once you and your doctor have decided that the marina is right for you, then your doctor will write your prescription and you go to the pharmacy. I went to Dischem, um, and you get it there. The device itself costs about 2,000, 2,500 rand. And then you probably also get pain meds and you get a suppository to numb your vagina and cervix the night before. So by suppository, I mean you take this pill, it's quite large, and you put it in your vagina before you go to bed so that it can numb that whole area. Then you go in for your appointment the next day and then your doctor does a number of things, which I'll tell you about just now. But before I do that, I had quite a few people ask me about whether the device or its insertion is covered by medical aid. So when I got it in 2016, it was not. Medical aid was not interested in hearing about that thing. So my doctor, Dr. Q. Diale, had to write a letter to the medical aid motivating why they had to pay for it or pay for a portion of it. Which, yeah. Luckily for me, they covered some of the cost. As for total cost of the entire procedure and the device and all of that, I'd be lying if I said a number with certainty. But it depends on your gynae and what your gynae's consultation fees. But if you are looking at your first consultation plus the device itself, plus the consultation for insertion, you're looking at maybe 4,000, 4,500 for the entire sort of operation. So keep those numbers in mind. So let's talk about the insertion. 
On the day of insertion, your doctor will do a scan to see what's going on inside, you know, in, in your area. Um, and then they'll apply an antiseptic solution to your vagina and cervix. I don't remember this being done, but the website says this is what happens. So I guess it happens. Then not all doctors do this, but my doctor administered a local anesthetic via injection to cause absence of pain sensation. When I say local aesthetic via injection, I don't mean she injected my arm. I mean, she, she injected my vagina and my cervix. Like, yeah. That, that was weird. I don't think, I don't remember it being painful. I don't think it was painful, but the idea of injections going into your vagina and into your cervix is just weird and scary and ugh. ugh. Then the next part is even weirder because, I mean, I don't know your story. I don't know your life. I'm talking about me personally, myself. Generally, nothing has gone through my cervix. Like, it stops at the vagina. Like, maybe a penis has knocked my cervix and that is painful. Uh, but it's nothing has ever gone through there. So, this part is weird, not necessarily painful. But your doctor needs to measure your uterus. And to do this, they pass a slim rod into your vagina through to your uterus. Um, and once they've measured your uterus, then they know where to put the marina. I'm not saying these things to scare you. It just, it is what it is. These are the things that happen. It's not necessarily painful, especially if you have a local anesthetic. It's just like you feel pressure. It's weird. You never really feel that sort of pressure there in general. Well, I didn't before that, but you know, I don't know your life. Anyway, then comes the actual insertion. So another thin plastic tube known as the inserter is inserted into your vagina and it goes through into your uterus and that puts the marina in place. Then the inserter is withdrawn and the marina is left in place in your uterus. So, funny story, guys. As the inserter went through into my uterus, I sort of jumped, you know, because it feels weird. And as a result, the marina was displaced. That baby girl was definitely in the wrong place. So, it had to be removed and the process repeated, which is not fun. I don't think it happens to most people. I was just a little bit nervous. But we did it again and it landed in the right place and we were good to go. Then the next step is to trim the threads. So these threads extend through your cervix and sort of just sit at the top of your vagina. And you can feel them if, you know, you're sitting down and you put your fingers in there. But you won't feel them during sex. If you feel them during sex, please chat to your doctor ASAP Rocky. Maybe not ASAP Rocky, but talk to your doctor. And that's it. That's the tweet. So afterwards, you'll feel a bit dizzy, a little bit sore. And I was fine until I got home. When I got home, I started feeling dizzy and uh, nauseous and I felt pain. And unfortunately for me, I had promised my brother that I'd take him to his friend's house. So as soon as I got home, I needed to drive. Which wasn't the best idea, you know, in retrospect. But even as I was doing it, I knew it wasn't, it was not smart. 
I was in a lot of pain. My right leg was very um, weak. So, you know, but it's fine. We made it. I got back home. I took painkillers and I slept. And then I was fine afterwards. When I talk about my experience with the marina itself, once it was inserted, mm, for the most part, it was great. My period disappeared. I had minimal pain. I didn't have to take a pill at the same time every single day. It was a dream. But for a while, I experienced quite bad ovulation pains. So during ovulation, my body would sort of spaz up. My right leg would go numb from pain or vibrate from pain and I'd get extremely nauseous, etc, etc. So I was put on a pill called Visan and that's used for the treatment of painful symptoms of endometrial lesions resulting in the shrinking of endometrial tissue and pain. And it helped quite a bit, I will not lie to you. But nothing in life is 100%. And it does have some drawbacks, one of them being the cost. Even if it's covered by medical aid, that bitch costs at least 400 rand. So it's it's a painful amount to be paying every month, whether it comes out of your actual bank account or from your medical aid savings. Um, But yeah, I did experience some side effects using Visan including acne and nausea and migraines but I'm not sure the migraines were related I think they were because then when I stopped I stopped having migraines so yeah anyway other than that I had a really good experience with the marina both as a form of contraception and to reduce heavy bleeding and pain and then this year 2020 I took the decision to get the marina removed um This was mainly because of the effect on my skin, but there's another reason I haven't spoken about, so maybe let's speak about it for a moment. So earlier I said that my period disappeared, which was great. Don't get me wrong. It was great. Except sometimes it would make surprise visits. And as a 24-year-old who's been menstruating since age 11, irregular periods is just, it's not it. So surprise visits could mean anything from a period one month and then nothing the next to a period every month for three months and then nothing. And this inconsistency becomes a lot more stressful when you add sex to the equation. Because let's say, for example, you have regular periods for like three, four months and then you do the sex no matter how careful you are. And then your period doesn't come afterwards. Like, it's really stressful. It's really, really stressful. A a person can only buy so many pregnancy tests, like, in their lives. Yo, it's stressful. So even if you've been careful, you know, having a period and then not having a period after sex is just, it's a lot. So, in a bit to have normal and consistent periods and better skin i've moved on from the marina and i've moved to an oral contraceptive called Jeanette. i've been on it for about a week a week and a half so i can't really speak to its effect just yet but i really hope my body copes with the new introduction of estrogen 
and that my skin clears and that I don't have horrible period pains again. So fingers crossed for me. When I said I was taking it out, I had a lot of questions about why I was removing it because, like, I'm its biggest advocate. Let's not even lie. But the thing is, as much as I had basically no problems with the Mirena, and I said this before, um, and I absolutely recommend you speak to your doctor to determine if it's the right course of treatment for you. Um, as a result of the diminished estrogen, I guess there are conflicting opinions on this from different doctors that I've been to. So I don't know. But anyway, I suffer really painful, like painful, painful hormonal acne breakouts. And it's very painful, but it also leaves quite severe scarring. And I've spent thousands of rands and hours on skincare, you know, just trying to make it better. And I'm tired. I won't lie to you. It's taken a big toll on my self-confidence and my self-esteem. And honestly, I just want to look cute and feel cute. And if taking the Mirena out means that I'm halfway there, then baby girl's got to go. So it's out. I've taken it out. And let's talk about removal for a moment. So as a point of departure, my dear colleagues, anything moving into and out of your uterus is weird and, you know, it can be painful. And after a very long chat with my gynae, she did a quick examination and she pulled it out like it was quick. But it was a bit painful. I won't lie to you. It it wasn't like painful, painful. It was just like, you know, it's not like stabbing your toe. It's just, you know, yeah. And I felt it slide out of my uterus, which is weird, really weird. Like I felt it come out of my uterus as she pulled it out. So that that was just weird. A bit painful, uncomfortable, but like it was real quick. So I didn't, it wasn't painful forever. And afterwards, I experienced nausea and, you know, cramping for the rest of the day. And then for a few days after that, I had some spotting. But now I'm good. I'm fine. I'm back to normal. I started the pull the same day. So the contraceptive effect wasn't lost. So insertion and removal are very quick procedures that you do in your doctor's office. Real quick. Five minutes. Done. Um, so don't worry too much about that. And it, like. It's not that painful. It can be, but it's not. Other things, I didn't gain weight on the Mirena at all. If I gained weight, it wasn't because of the Mirena. It was because I was gaining weight for the reasons that people gain weight. But anyway, um, once you take it out, your fertility immediately goes back to normal. So if you're sexing with ejaculating penises, please use condoms if your aim isn't to fall pregnant. If it is, then obviously that's a different story altogether. But generally just, you know, use condoms. Uh, the Mirena has a very, 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 very high pregnancy prevention rate. So two out of a thousand women fall pregnant while they have the Mirena, which isn't a big number unless you're part of those two people. Then you're, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And when we compare it to the copper IUD, so the copper IUD being the non-hormonal IUD, six to eight women out of a thousand 
fall pregnant with it in. So I mean, it's it's really quite effective in preventing pregnancy, if that's your aim. And obviously, if you if you're not having a period or your period is irregular, then it's a bit difficult to tell. But if you're worried, then pee on his dick just to be sure, and you'll be fine. Um, the length of my period changed while I had the marina in. So sometimes it was three days of spotting. Other times it was 10 days of spotting. There's, there's nothing wrong. There wasn't an issue. It was just inconvenience. But I mean, that's just with periods in general. So nothing worrying there. And to be very honest with you, I am very nervous about going back to having a full on period again after not really having one for almost four years. Like, that is quite worrying for me. I'm going to have to change my whole lifestyle. Like, by lifestyle, I mean underwear choices, because... But maybe I'll try the menstrual cup, and maybe that'll work for me. We'll talk about that kind of stuff in another episode. Overall, guys, the marina is an excellent form of contraception. Because you don't need to remember to take anything. You don't need to spend monthly on contraceptives. And if you're lucky enough to stop menstruating, then you can save some coins on pads and pain medication. So talk to your doctor about what the best course of action is for you. Y-O-U. And just because I suffered acne, it doesn't mean that you will. But also just because it was effective otherwise for me, it doesn't mean it will be for you. So choose what works for your body. I like to hear about your experiences with contraception and periods and sex and stuff. So please share with me and ask me questions. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have to the best of my ability and to the best of my knowledge. And when I don't know, then I will actually tell you that I don't know because that's what I'm supposed to do. And for more information about the Morena and intrauterine systems, you can go to the Morena website, which is morena.com, M-I-R-E-N-A.com. And it's got all the information you need and more. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. So thanks for listening. Please rate the podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen. Please leave comments, please like, please share and share and share and share and share. And please follow the podcast pages on Instagram and Twitter. They're both at Uteronomy Pod. Let me know what you thought of the episode, you know, what you liked and didn't like, what else you want me to speak about. I'm here for you, so let's do that. And look after yourselves, guys. Wash your hands with soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds. Use hand sanitizer when you don't have access to soap and water. Wear your mask over your nose and your mouth. Please. And stay home. Please. There's no need for you to be outside. Honestly. And, guys, don't do bad drugs. Just do the good ones. Thank you for listening. And until next time, bye.